the Revealed family is really giving you a warm welcome. It's giving you a chance. This is the Reveal podcast with me, Adam Kay, and over the next 60 minutes, we catch up with the legends, Case, Tim Hawks, and Plastic Funk, sharing their stories about their careers, music, and life. We are here at Amsterdam Dance Event and we are doing the Revealed podcast. Welcome everybody. My name is Adam Kay. You'll usually hear my voice on Revealed Selected where I get to uh, speak with and interview uh, members of the Revealed family. And right now I'm joined by three special members in Amsterdam. Um, let's go to them to introduce themselves. Would you like to go first? My name is Mick Kassenel, better known as DJ Case. Just came from Sweden literally one hour ago, so I'm hanging in here. It's nice to see you in the real <laughs> life. Okay, take it away. Yes, I'm Raphael of Plastic Funk. Um, yeah, I'm here since Wednesday. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm from Ibiza, half, half German, half Spanish. I'm happy to be here with the Revealed family. Ken, <laughs> cheers. And finally, last but not least. Yeah, my name is Tim Hawks. And uh, of course, I'm, my name is Tim, of course. But yeah, <laughs> so let's make that clear. Some call him him. <laughs> yeah, sometimes <laughs> him talks, yeah, of course. Well, nowadays you never know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but um, I've been here since Tuesday, and uh, I'm not regretting it, but I'm still a little bit, uh, <laughs> a little bit tired. But You're fighting it, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I'm fighting it. I'm fighting it. <laughs> Nothing a shot of caffeine won't fix. So look, um, it's great to be in the real life with you. Um, regular listeners to Revealed Selected will know that we've already spoken on many occasions and showcased many new tunes and specials as well. Um, so it's nice and, and such a, a pleasure to be here just talking. Um, over the next hour, I want to just delve into you as artists, humans, people, um, find out what's been uh, floating the boat, if you like, for the last sort of two years, because it's been a long time. I don't want to spend too much time in the past, though, because I know that there's some exciting futures for you all. So I need to kind of dig all of that out as well. So let's just start um, with ADE. And let's think, and uh, I want you to consider now your memories of ADE, all right? Um, so let me come to you, Tim. Um, the first ADE, the first memory, the, when was it? Um, what can you remember? Yeah, I, I, I remember it like, um, I was, I think, 16 or something like that. And yeah, this special place, it was a sort of conference that uh, it was ADE Next, I think. Right. And then, um, yeah, I, I, I always needed to pre uh, have uh, a football match on Saturday. But then um, it was, I think it was on Saturday, so I needed to tried to come out and it was the first time I, I missed a, a match, a football match. So I thought, okay, I need to go there. I, need, I want to be a DJ and I was this excited uh, young child and I wanted to know and just uh, ask questions to the to the DJs and stuff like that because I never saw a real DJ. I always thought they were English, but most of the, <laughs> most of the artists that I then go to, they were Dutch, so I didn't know that. So I was just speaking Dutch uh, or uh, I thought, oh, he's speaking Dutch, what, what's, uh, what's happening? So really, yeah, that was really one thing that I really liked about AD, that it's all in Amsterdam and that I just g can go to there. And um, ever since I, I've been 16, I, I went every year. Unfortunately, not yet last year, but yeah, we're, we're here and I'm, uh, I'm happy to be here again. Two questions. Um, what position do you play in football? Um, yeah, I've, uh, I'm a striker. A striker, so, okay, yeah. cool. And do you remember any of the DJs that were on that panel back at that first occasion? Yeah, Hartwell. I didn't really? know. I didn't know he sp uh, he spoke Dutch. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so cute. Yeah. Yes, Dutch is great, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was really, uh, really insane for me. Too. Wow, incredible. Too. Yeah. 
Rafa, what about you? Um, ADE, like, do you have a favorite memory? Do you remember the first time? Like, what, 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 tell us, talk to us. Yeah, actually, the first time was uh, quite a long time ago. And uh, we always went to a winter music conference in Miami. And uh, I mean, I lived in Dusseldorf before I moved to Ibiza. Mm -hmm. So um, it's just like two and a half hours by car, which is really not bad. And I never made it then, the, the first couple of years. And then the first time I was here, I was surprised because everything happened in that one street in front of the hotel. And you met like all your idols, like the, the producers and DJs you're looking up to, you know, and they were just on the street. And I was like, damn, this is quite good. You know, it's not like Miami where you run your ass off like for kilometers, like all up the beach to, to meet yeah. some of the people. It's all happening here. And it's like it was more like a music family getting together, talking about music, talking about business. And yeah, I love that. And since then, yeah, it was the main um, the main date of the year to be here to promote your music and to make new contacts. Come on, Mick. What's your memory? What's your first time? What can you remember? Well, I've only been <laughs> here twice before. Like I, I came here in 2018 was my first AD. Um, I used to live in America back then, um, but 2019 was kind of special for me because then I released my album. So it was like kind of my kickstart for an yeah. album tour, and I had my merchandise. We had a pop-up store in the middle. Of the street. It was super crazy. So like that, that was kind of like a special moment for me. And the album meant so much to me. Um, so yeah, I mean the the whole pop up store fans came, and uh, you know the whole week was like just hectic because of it. You know. So what, that, what was the best seller in the shop? Was it hoodie, hat, uh, album, or what was it? I what? think it was the vinyls because yeah? uh, we dropped the vinyls, uh, and I was there signing them. So everyone who came in literally bought a vinyl awesome. as well. So I think I think so. But like Great. the merchandise sold out in like a week, so it was it was really crazy. Nice. Yeah. I love that. These are the stories. Everyone's got their own. And, that, you know, you could speak to, you know, 100 people on the street and everyone would have their own personal memories, all equally good. And, uh, and that's, what, that's what Amsterdam's about, like you just said. Yeah, well. but it was like, you know, like 2019, it's not long ago, but like in my own mind, I, I, was, I still have such a far journey to continue. For me, like the intention I got was like, I felt like it was more than I was... Um, what I earned, as like what worth, I, yeah. yeah, 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 what I was worth, you know, so, so that was like, wow, even then, like you, because there's the imposter syndrome, isn't it? like I don't deserve this. Yeah, like, no, you but it really like, felt yeah. like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah because it, maybe because it was just my second time here, and like, you know, you're still grinding and stuff and hustling, you know, and all of a sudden I, for this week I got all this attention. It was really crazy, but yeah, I definitely didn't feel like I was worth it really. Crazy. Yeah. See, the, 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 again, but now look where we are. And let, we've got many questions, so let's, let's fire through them. We've got to talk about the fact that COVID it happened. And I don't want to dwell too much on it because, you know, you've, you've spoken and said things before. But I just need to kind of go back to, to get to where we are right now. Right. So um, two years has passed. It's been crazy. Um, how have you got through it? Like, what's, the, what's been the, um, the, the, poly, the, the, the positivity that's pulled you through? the last two years, because it's not been live shows, all right? So um, let's come, Rafa, you answer me this question first, if that's all right. Like, what, what is it that pulled you through these last two years? I mean, it was quite a challenge, right in the beginning, especially, because uh, in 2019, I played 190 shows. So I was on the road nonstop, you know, and there was like, by this, it was over. Yeah. And I was in China, actually, beginning of 2020, 
when uh, like 300 kilometers away from Wuhan when the well, whole thing started. Wow. <laughs> you were, okay. yeah. Maybe well, it was I, us bringing it to Europe. You yeah, know? I, I don't know. I'm not, beep. <laughs> yeah, they, all, they all say that in Sweden too. They're like, yep, case def, definitely brought it. I had some <laughs> friends. I had some, when I came back from China, like all my friends didn't want to go to dinner with me. I was no, like, oh, well, you're in China. Really? No, no, we cannot. Like, beep, beep. <laughs> you know? yeah. No, but um, especially the first couple of weeks were challenging. You know, this was weird. It's like you drive a car 200 miles per hour, you know, and then you stop it. It's the real handbrake. It's, um, it's, it's challenging. Like the first couple of weeks were great to, to relax. And then I tried to figure out what's the best for me, uh, for me, my, my hat, my soul. And it was always sports and music, you know. So I tried to focus on that. I uh, went to the studio and tried to work on my sound, find um, to bring my signature sound to, to another level. Because I was quite bored of the sound I was doing before. Not that I didn't like it, but I did it for so many years. And I tried to evolve it and just try to work on that. And actually, that time made it happen that we brought it to another level and got even more successful. Plus, uh, we made it into DJ Mac Top 100 last year, which was I didn't expect it because we didn't really had the the big budgets to to invest into huge campaigns, you know. So I think for me, it was just working on music and sports and just trying to find a balance between work, passion. Uh, free life with <laughs> with your girl, with your family, and uh, everything that is important in life. Huge adjustments, aren't they? Because you've got to practice to be good at something, and you've got to practice to be a you know a, a boyfriend or you know a, a, a friend or whatever it is. Because you you said 190 shows. Yeah. That, like you said, it's a real a serious handbrake. Yeah. Um, what sports got you out of the house, if you like? I mean. Uh, I'm doing a lot of like um, just just working out with my friends in Ibiza on the beach, but uh, now we play pedal tennis. Here they call it padel. Yeah. Oh, uh, with a wooden bat, no? Exactly. Yeah, okay. That's like the national sport in Ibiza. So everyone <laughs> does it. I like so many DJs play it. Like I met, for example, I met Sonny James Ramasiano yeah, at the yeah. party in Ibiza. We talked about music for one minute, and then we talked <laughs> ten minutes about pedal tennis. <laughs> so it's like everyone is going crazy about it. <laughs> Have you played them? Uh, not yet. Oh, Actually, we, we need to do a tournament. We can get a tournament going. This is good. This is yeah, good. Yeah. Like, paddle is huge in Sweden too. Like, it is too. It's all over the place. Like, it is, but it's so much fun. You know, it's it like is. for people you can play it right away if yeah. you don't have any experience with tennis. Yeah. And uh, as more as you play it, as better you want to get. And then you're really with the experience after a year or two. It's super fun. <laughs> Casey, you up for a game? What? Uh, uh, you up for a challenge? Oh, paddle. The thing is, uh, the thing is, I played when it became really hyped in Sweden. I started playing it myself, but. I, I go so all in. Like, I got so injured. <laughs> you I, don't I was, say. No, but it's one of those games that you get injured if right. you, like, go too hard. Like, right. you know, you need to play paddle smart, you know. But I play it like <laughs> it's football, you dude, know. So. Dude, I'm all the same. So this is the team here. <laughs> yeah, team we don't play against each other. Yeah. It's going to be war. Team revealed <laughs> paddles, paddle game. So, like, we'll, we'll sort of game out against uh, Sex by Nature versus Revealed. We'll start to happen. Right. right. Okay. Um, let me ask Tim oh, the, the question. How did you... Um, you know, from two years ago to now, what's been the energy? What's been the positivity things, uh, the positive things that I pulled you through? Yeah, for me, it was like I'm, I'm always started to uh, I, I've always been a DJ. So I always have uh, played shows and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And after that, I thought, OK, I need to produce. So for me, it was really a strange swift between uh, just m focusing on my own music instead of only shows and then trying it out. And because it was the first time I released a song that I never tried out. Yeah. And for me, it was really strange. Uh, I, I got into TikTok as well, and I got into... Because I really wanted the, um, the same reaction that I got 
when I was playing because otherwise, yeah, you can see the comments on YouTube mm -hmm. or on SoundCloud, stuff like that. But it wasn't really the same. And with TikTok, you, you really, it, the immense, um, the viral, uh, what, what can happen, that's really strange and it could, could go easily viral, but also not, of course. So I really tried to uh, look into how that works and really worked out for me because like, um, of course, I made a lot of music and uh, after a while I, I got a little bit tired of it because I thought, yeah, I got 30 tracks right now and yeah, I can make another one, but uh, it doesn't really, yeah, you cannot release 30 tracks in a year. And so I just tried doing other things. So uh, looking into um, how to make sure that um, my brand, Tim Hawks, isn't reliable on only gigs. So looking into stuff that I can do, for instance, um, looking in how I can create the, that my Spotify is working a much better uh, and I get more income about that. And also trying to look into Spotify playlists that I can build on and stuff like that, merchandise. Uh, and, and, and really, it really helped me g got a sort of look back to what I was doing and thinking, okay, this is not really good for me, I think, and get in a better place as well. Because I, 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 I also uh, read a lot of books about uh, how you can uh, make sure to be in a better state of mind and be work on yourself mm -hmm. and be just try to stay positive, of course, and not look into the negative things about COVID, but also doing the things that um, make you happy. And I really stand by that. And I've really done a lot of great things and it really worked out for me, I think. I like that. It's like you've, what you're saying is it's as important to have a don't do list as a to-do list. Yeah. Like don't do these things because they're bad. But yeah. We can make space to things you actually want to do, yeah. which is great. And we need to talk about uh, your social media and um, we'll talk about that later in some detail because obviously it's so important to us as artists and, and as brands now and how we mm -hmm. connect. So yeah, this is good. Um, let me speak to you then, Mick. Uh, same question. What was the positive um, things that pulled you through? I mean, as, as, as Tim just said about working on, you know, social media and other things, that was one thing that I had to work so hard because when, when the gig stopped, I realized how, how much I was counting on gigs. Like, all of a sudden I looked and I go, sure, you know, you got royalties and stuff, but I don't have any other super incomes. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I was so, you know, counting on, on, on that fee all the time. So all of a sudden I need to start thinking, okay, you know, like, you need to find other solutions you know, sponsor deals or, and you know, YouTube channels. Yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah, for example, like I have a YouTube channel, which is great, but I never really paid attention to it. Right. You know, and there, there's stuff to, to, to get there. There's money to get, you know? Um, so that was kind of my kind of positive, if, if I'm gonna look at it as positive, that I had to work on myself, finding more sources and more like stuff to do, you it, know, it, with your brand. It, again, it sounds like you've all had a chance to kind of um, strategize more on like you know going through your sound or focusing yeah. on on yeah. what how you connect right. you know what makes you and like you put badges on your sleeves for everyone to see like I do this and I do that and they come yeah. on your journey more right and that's what it, and everyone's you the three individuals are all on separate journeys but there's there's lots of commonalities aren't there with regards right. to what you've got to do as an artist right so a lot of the revealed family now, they're watching this and going, right, I need to do that, I need to do that, I need yeah. to do that as well. Yeah. It was a sort of the perfect timing to reflect on yourself mm -hmm. because there was nothing that you could do. You could always stay at home and because everything was closed and of course you can go to the studio, but it was really the perfect time to just look at yourself and think, yo, what is going on right now? What, what can I do to make me myself more happy? 
And I think that's that's really what helped. I think for for a lot of DJs. I think. You, but DJs need <coughs> gratification. Everyone loves to. Everyone likes to be loved, right? Everyone likes yeah, to sure. sort of be told well done. Um, but actually, in what you described, I think Tim was just going to TikTok gave you that dopamine. You yeah. Know, that like the energy of seeing a crowd maybe yeah. react to your record. Yeah. So how have you replaced that? What you know, you've had to find something to replace that. So if Tim went to um, TikTok. Rafa, where did you go for that that hit, if uh, you like? I mean, we did a couple of live streams on Twitch because fans really were asking for it, which also generated some kind of income, mm -hmm. uh, which was not too bad. Because, uh, I mean, like we just said, it was quite difficult <laughs> to to make money. Like, the, the government's support was not that much in Germany. So uh, we had to find our way through. Um, on the other side, uh, we tried to find a way to see our fans in real life again. So we were the first ones together with World Club Dome who organized this uh, car cinema festival, uh, which was on 30th of April, <laughs> which was like yeah. in the middle of the beginning in 2020. Mm -hmm. So we played this car festivals. Even some people were complaining about it because people are honking and stuff. Well, we had a stage. <laughs> I saw real people and I was able to play music. And this for me is so much better than instead, instead of standing in front of a camera. I can do it. It's fine, but uh, I prefer real life. <laughs> well, that, yeah. that, that dopamine, that, that gratification of seeing a reaction it, or someone, you know, someone pressing that hooter is them giving you... Um, it was kind of a, a hey, up. ho, like... Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it felt great. And uh, I mean, with the first event um, happened in Germany, then after other promoters uh, did the same thing all over Germany, Austria, Switzerland, it was good. It was a way to get together. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, after that, we had the table events. I mean, I promoted some of the parties myself. And it was good to, um, to have these parties. You know, it started with table events where people had to sit down. Then people were allowed to get up in like these little boxes. It was not 100%, but it was still 80%. And I was happy with this 80%, you know. Mm -hmm. um, that definitely helped me. But uh, yeah, we had the lockdown times where nothing was allowed. And during that time, yeah, it was... Challenging, but uh, helped me a lot also to find other ways to make uh, make generate an income. And uh, I mean, I, I started my own coffee brand. I would have never done it without the oh. pandemic, you know. That's dope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was I was talking about doing this with two of my friends for like four years. Right. But during the pandemic, the time was there. And my friends called me. It's like, Rafael, you have more time now, right? Because normally we can't even get a hold of you. <laughs> and I was like, okay, <laughs> let's do it. And we did it. And now it's there. And actually, it's a charity project also. We tried to, uh, to get money, uh, fund money uh, in a fund to, for artists, for musicians who couldn't make it through the pandemic. So it was a kind of a project which is like helping yourself and help others, you know. And uh, I'm happy we did that. That's cool. You, you've, I'm, I'm coming, Mick. But you've got to give a, a, a plug to your coffee brand now. Come on. It's called Musica. <laughs> and where Surprise. Do, where do we get the blend? Like, where are the beans from? Are they like... For the beans are from Germany now. They are from uh, Brazil and India. Right. And the roastery is in Germany, but it's an Italian company we're working together with. And yeah, I'm a coffee lover, so... Uh, we wanted to do this for years, and I'm happy we finally did it. I love this. It's like um, usually people put together cycling and coffee as a thing, uh, but actually DJs get through a lot of coffee, and I, you know, it's, it's great to hear. And I, you know, <laughs> we should, you know, I, I actually need to taste some of these beans. I need to hear them. I need. I will to get you. I will get your pack. Fantastic. For sure. Thank you. And so, Mick, let's talk about um, the, the the dopamine. Let's go back to that. Let's go back to that. I'm a DJ. I've, I'm so used to the gratification of a crowd reacting to my music. Um, what, where did you get your hit? Where did you get your fix? 
Um, what was it? I mean, it was really hard in the beginning in Sweden because when it comes to my brand, and like I saw all my Dutch fellas and everybody that were doing all these live streams and they were trying to reach out in that way. And I'm, I'm from such a small town in Sweden, so it was really hard for me to get access like to, to live stream stuff. Right. And like there was, there's no company in my hometown that really does that, you know? Um, so that was really challenging. And those few times I, I was, you know, I managed to come down here and do some stuff with Reveal and stuff. Uh, but I, I didn't do my first real live stream until this year, you know, with DJ Mag. And um, so, like, yeah, in the beginning it was really tough. But I found, luckily, like, I went, like, and I did the whole gym thing. I went back, started lifting, and started doing that, which was, I guess, dopamine for me, literally. Yeah, yeah. You know, because we literally get that. And we see the results, by the way. I was like, yeah, uh, come on, come uh, on. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I've always been a little bit fit before, but, like, then when I so like when music really took over, I, I, I was in the studio so, so much. Literally, I saw on my phone, I remember many years ago, I looked at my phone and I had done 21 steps in a day. I said, do you understand? That's like taking a crap and then back to the studio. Yeah. That, you know, like, so like I obviously gained some weight. And I was like, when I came home from my last tour, you know, I don't even remember coming home. I don't remember the flight home. Like, that's how drunk I was. Yeah. So I was like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to, you know, now the whole... Corona's happening, nothing's gonna, you know, I'm just gonna take out the alcohol, take out everything and just start working out and see what happens. And then, yeah, that was really like kind of a little bit lifesaver for me. This is interesting, I wanna pick up on that then. So, um, have you gone alcohol free now? No, not alcohol free, yeah. but pretty much. Like I can, I can grab a beer, I can, I, I can drink, I will drink. Yeah. And I will drink tomorrow for sure. <laughs> but, but I mean, the way I, was drinking on tour. Mm -hmm. I, like my last tour was like, I think I was gone for a month straight, sh pretty much shows every day. And I was not sober any day, right. you know? So, and I like, I've never been an alcoholic or anything. I don't have a problem with it, but it was just, that's just how it- Cycle. Yeah, a cycle yeah. thing, you know? Like you come to a new club and there's a new promoter, new owner, who obviously want to share a glass of champagne or a shot or something. You cannot stand there with a Fiji water. No, no. You know, that's kind of impolite. Um, so that just became a bad habit. Yeah. Um, and plus, you know, the, it's now is the, the fun thing that I want to try now is to, to keep this healthy life, you know, uh, work out. Maybe, you know, every time you check into the hotels, you, you do your, your workout. Maybe you, you bring your proteins or whatever yeah, you, yeah. you're doing, right? And then and, and try to live that life and balance that with party, you know. Then I think, you, you know, you're going to just feel better because, I, I, I mean, every flight between shows is shit because of just, yeah, you know, yeah. pure hungover. So like, that's my kind of my goal is like, okay, I want to make this a sport. I like that. Touring, you know. It, it feels like you've gone um, and learned something um, about yourself in the last sort of 18, 20, uh, two years. Yeah. So let me ask the boys as well. Like if there's been something that you sort of have surprised yourself with, I mean, let's talk about your, your entre entrepreneurial spirit. Maybe that was the one thing uh, to uh, think about, because I'm coming back to you. Tim, what's the one thing you learned about yourself over the last two years that maybe you didn't expect to learn? You know, like if you'd learned a new language or if you, you know, changed something about yourself and now it's like, well, I'm going to carry that forward. Yeah, to be honest, I, I, I really learned to uh, say no. Ah, interesting. And, and listen to my body because... I've, um, <clears throat> I had a um, sort of illness in my, uh, I don't know how to say it, but uh, it's, it's a sort of the organ uh, in your body that keeps you in balance. Right. And I had a so sort of uh, infection over there for a week because I was only working, working, working um, 
when when the pandemic was going on and then i thought okay and I, I really need to fix what i'm doing right now because it's not really uh good for me because i was uh going uh working for revealed uh things uh, for the dj promo and stuff like that but i was also uh making late nights uh in the studio and i was just working from 8 till till 12 in the in the e uh, in the night and then i did that every day and after after a while i just got a sort of um thing yeah just a sort of wake up call and i needed to stay in bed for a week i couldn't do anything and i really thought okay i need to change what i'm doing right now and all the negativity that i had in my life and i i read some books about uh, some philosophy uh, about what what you can do and how you can stay positive and that you need to focus on those things that's really what i learned for myself that i sometimes need to say no and sometimes think about myself and not only about the group effort or something like that you just unpacked a load of things I want to pick up on. Um, we'll come back to habits. What about the 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 philosophies? Were they um, like Roman or are they? What, what, who, um, are you, who are you going to for some sort of? It was. Um, I don't know if it's uh, the right word in English, but it's Stoicism. Stoicism. Yeah, Stoicism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm, I love Stoicism. Yeah, and yeah. It's just yeah, interesting. Yeah, and and, and it's really something that really uh, sort of uh, came back to what I learned at school as well. Mm -hmm. I, I also um, did a sort of minor in Imagineering, and it was all about thinking about the chances instead of um, saying that is not a problem but a chance or something like that. And of course, no, you don't need to deny that there's a problem, but you need to acknowledge it and go out of the strengths. And it's really something that I uh, sort of live by right now because yeah. I, I do think I'm in a much better place. And it's not that I was depressed or something like that. Of course, I, I had negative thoughts, but it was really something that I think, okay, you need to stay true to yourself and need to think about, okay, this is happening, but what can I do? And what that's really something about the, the stoicism. Uh, is all about, of course. Is it Ryan Holiday or about? No, it was a book. Uh, it, it's Mark Tuitert. He had a book. Uh, it's called Drive. Right. It's a. It's from a, a Dutch, uh, si not cycler, a Dutch um, skater, and he missed the uh, the Olympics for two times because he was just only working. And after that, he he won the Olympics, even though that was not something that they planned because he was too old, or pretty much. And the whole story behind it is that. He learned about the stoicis, uh, stoicism um, because of that, and and because he did that like that, and and, and what what he got through it, he just won the Olympics because of that, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, and that's really an interesting story. So I thought, really, okay, I need to learn more about that, and I need to just just focus on the positive things, of course. What I love is that this uh, sort of cements the fact that if you want something different, you can't just do the same thing. No. You know what I mean? You've changed your habits, you've changed your habits, and now you're in a better place for it, seemingly, yeah. which is great. Um, so, Raphael, tell us, what's, what's the one thing that you kind of have changed or learned or developed over, uh, apart from the business side of things? Actually, it's, it's, it's hard to put it on one thing, but uh, I think the most important thing is that I started appreciating moments way more than before. Um, because, like, when you're touring a lot, especially when you play, like, a month or two months, almost every night, uh, you're in this box, you're not thinking, you just go to the airport, you unpack your bag, you get ready for the show, prepare, you meet the promoters, you go for dinner, you play the show, you enjoy the show, you take pictures with the fans, you go home, and next day, uh, next day the same thing. But you s there's moments where you're not appreciate how amazing that is that you are playing in front of 500, 1,000, 5,000 people. Mm -hmm. And I really started like appreciating every moment I have 
on stage with people like because right after this lockdowns i was playing parties with 50 or 100 people in ibiza and enjoyed it so much <laughs> it was 50 people in yeah. front of me and i i was super happy i was smiling like an idiot you know for like an hour and i was like damn this is so good you know um and the other thing which was really important for me is like to find a better uh, life balance i was always like pretty extreme in everything i did like when i did sports I played baseball professional, so I was like focusing on baseball 100% and nothing else. And then it was about music, you know, and I'm, 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 I'm a workaholic. I work 24-7 on my career, on my music. Um, but it, there's always something which is not taken care of. So I try to find a better balance in life. Uh, it's the same thing with everything you have in life. You know, it's the same thing with food. You don't eat. If you have a burger once a week, that's fine. If you have burgers seven times a week, it's bad. If you drink every night, it's definitely becoming a problem because it gets normal. But I try to find a better balance in everything I do. I'm, I'm far away from, <laughs> from having a perfect balance, but I'm getting better and I, it feels good. Yeah, you know? That's great. This is, and it goes back to what Tim was talking about now. Let's talk about daily habits. Now, um, as DJs, producers, humans, you've got, I'm a great believer in um, habits and they help, the routine gives you some structure. Now, how did your habits change? And I'm sure they did because obviously from the touring life to the, the home life. Um, what does your daily routine look like now? I'm, I'm going to come to you, Mick, first. So your daily routine, uh, uh, the day of the life of you, what, what happens? How do you wake up? How do you go to bed and everything in between? I mean, first of all, everything became actually much better because of the pandemic. You know, mm -hmm. like I, I was all over the place before. Like, as long as I was making music, you know, I was just, you know, everything else was just a mess. But uh, now, all of a sudden, I wake up like 8, 9 in the morning, which is still unbelievable. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I have my same breakfast, same meals every day because of the gym. Give us some I, details. Like, are you waking up to an alarm? Are you waking up to a song? Are you waking up to a playlist? What are you having for breakfast? I want to hear these details. Well, yeah, yeah, I got the wife, you know. I got the wife. <laughs> She's there. <laughs> I'm feeling you, man. Yeah, yeah. She is there um, waking me up. Sometimes good, sometimes bad, but most, most of the time good. Uh, then I have my my oats, protein oats. Like it's like boring food, you know. Like it's nice. This is workout food, you know. Like yeah, every day I eat my protein oats uh, from a company I work with, and um, which is what it's called Tingle. It's like actually a Swedish uh, protein company, right? Um, when they do like, have you seen those barbells, protein barbells, and Noko that's like energy drink. Yeah, whatever. But they're, they're incredible, you know, to work with. So is that a side hustle for you? Because uh, I, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Is that. Is that something that you, we, maybe we can talk more about that later, much like, you know, a coffee. Is that? Yeah, but that was kind of, yeah. yeah great. It was kind of, as I said, I, I needed to find uh, other things to, to keep things going. And then since I got so much into the gym mm -hmm. and I was doing it kind of public on my social media and stuff, I was like, maybe I can bring some companies on board with that. Cool, you know? natural and, fit, perfect. Yeah, 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 they were kind of into it. Because, okay, we have a DJ, you know, who's working out and that was not common for them you know so that was cool but anyway uh, you know and then um, uh, then I probably would make some some quick music already uh, and then after lunch I eat my chicken rice uh, <laughs> and then I go to the gym I do that I get that out of the way um, and then I go home and I do as much work as I need to do uh -huh. and then I end the night with Zelda this is this nice. is <laughs> this is the, the and, again this is just the really beautiful thing to know that like that's Creativity, as we said before, is not nine to five. No. You've got to do what you do, yeah. but you have to create this like environment to be able to do it, right? And that's right. that's your environment, and that's what's great to hear. Yeah, I mean, it was just good for me. As I said, I I'd, I'd never had any 
habits more than the only habit I had was like I need to be in the studio at one point and I need to stay there you know so I've actually become way more creative in the studio now when it's all of a sudden maybe a couple hours less but like I'm way more focused yeah. I'm way more alert I'm way more awake up here you know yeah. so um, so yeah interesting right I'm coming to you now your daily routine what does it look like how do are you a night owl are you, do you wake up early what's the story um, I, I need to wake up early. That's the bad thing. Uh, but actually, it's much easier to wake up early now living in Ibiza. I must say that Ireland... Can you stop telling us that, please? It's really <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, can it's I say it again? <laughs> Ibiza? <laughs> no, seriously, that island, um, I would say, saved my ass in many ways, like during the pandemic, uh, because it's just the weather, it's the beach, it's colors, you know, it right. just helps you a lot. Mm. And uh, like me and my girl, like the, the, the breakfast in the morning on the terrace, it is something... Yeah. We yeah. always did. I can imagine. And it really, really helps you to start the day right. You know, you appreciate life. Yeah. It sounds super stupid, but it's really like that. You appreciate like how beautiful this world is and how good a start, a start of a day is, you know. Mm. And then I have my studio days. I have office days. And uh, I try to organize myself a bit better. Like uh, before COVID, I was just like deleting fires and running behind my time. I'm half Spanish, so I'm always late anyways. So, but I'm got, I got better and um, everyone is happy. My family, my wife, everyone is happy that I'm more on time now. And uh, yeah, the structure is a bit better. So like when I have a studio day, I do studio. Uh, like this rule, like everything on its time, you know, like if you do studio, do studio. Mm -hmm. Don't do studio and be on the phone. I did this mistake way for way too many years. And now I try to focus on what I'm doing and try to do it right. Um, still try to learn, but uh, that's definitely something which was just helping me a lot to get better to my week and to get things done. I like to get things done at the moment, to have a list, because my to-do list before COVID was just like never ending. Mm -hmm. Now I'm closing lists and I really like that. It feels good, makes you sleep better, you know? And how, what, are, we, are we a deep sleeper? You're like, I need to get to bed early, or you, you know, four hours a night, eight hours a night? No, no, I need my seven, eight hours, yeah. that's for sure. Um, so how did you survive when you were touring on that then? If, if now you know that about yourself. I don't know why, but I have this, like all my friends around me, uh, even my tour managers were surprised how I managed this. I have no idea how, but when I know I'm on tour, mm. I, s I put on a switch and I'm on tour. It's like the, the last tour in 2020, we played 14, no, 15 shows in 14 days. And I had a sleeping average of two to three hours. It's like I had this, this Fitbit watch, which was like counting my sleep. And after day seven, it says like, oh, not enough sleep to count your sleeping. <laughs> and it was still okay. Wow. I was fine. You know, my tour manager was sleeping everywhere. He was sleeping at McDonald's. He was sleeping at Starbucks. He fell asleep everywhere, but it was fine. It was really okay. Like when I'm on this tour mode, I'm fine. I'm good. But after, then I come home and <laughs> I need my, my two days to recover, to sleep, to sports, and yeah, then I'm better. Understandably. Um, yeah. Tim, what's your pattern? What's, the, what's your day? I mean, it sounds like you've got some structure in place. So tell us about it. Yeah, so um, I try to wake up at eight, something like that. Um, my girlfriend, um, I, I, I've been uh, starting to living together during this pandemic. So that's really nice because I was always like on at 10, something like that in the morning because I, I couldn't l wake up at eight, but she wakes up at eight, yeah, 7.30 something. And I just wait till eight and then I come out of bed. And uh, after that, I'm just, if it's, it really depends on which day, but sometimes it's work for Revealed, sometimes it's work for uh, Tim Hawks. Mm -hmm. And I try to structure that really good. And I started walking. Uh, I tried to walk uh, five kilometers a day. 
it's not every day that it works, but I try because when I started walking, it was really something that I um, sort of get some headspace and just just uh, also lost a lot of weight because I was really getting fat, and I, yeah, it was it was insane. Right now, I'm trying to get into the gym again because I was also doing that for a long time, but then the the fitness clo- the gym's closed again, and it was really something that I needed to pick up on again and. Uh, Right now, I'm yeah. Just sometimes I'm I'm walking, sometimes going to the gym, and uh, I'm starting footballing again because I also didn't do that for a long time. So on Wednesday and on Sunday. So yeah, it's really it really depends a little bit, but uh, just uh, daily daily things like uh, in the studio or I'm just working behind my laptop. Do you think that when the world opens up again? the things that you've learned over the last two years, that you will be able to carry them forward? Or is it going to be, I'm going back to the way I, I, I it's the only way I can know, so I have to survive? What do you think? I, 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 don't, I think it's, I won't go back. Right. Because, you know, like, all, not just did I start working out, like I quit smoking and all that stuff, you know, so like, I'm very motivated to, to make, as I said, a sport. But also, like uh, Tim said, you know, Tim is playing football again and stuff. And like, if if it takes off, yeah. you know, all of a sudden you're gonna be gone. All of a sudden, yeah, you, of it's, it's been two months and you haven't yeah. played football. So like, some hobbies you're gonna have to count on not being. I play a lot of golf, so that won't happen, you know. Um, See, why not? This is the thing. I'm, I, I and I speak to a lot of my friends about this. Is about we've we've identified what makes us good as individuals, mm. so we can't now drop that moving forward or can we because it sounds like you, you obviously golf makes you happy but it's mm. the thing you're prepared to drop right yeah. so why that should be top of the priority list next to studio shouldn't it i don't know what i'm asking golf you mean yeah if I don't say my wife now, I, I'm going to be in <laughs> big trouble. Yeah. So I'm going to say number two is wife. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I meant that. Yeah. <laughs> Good life. Great wife. Happy life. Next question. Next question. <laughs> All right. Okay. But you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I think you, and, you know, you've identified it already. And I think it's really important that you know, it's easy to, to sort of go back into what, what we were, default, if you like. And I think it's so important that, you know, we've identified it and, and, and people watching as well have had that opportunity to identify themselves, right. you know, what makes them happy. And, and that's the thing. Put it on a list, man. And like, just make sure you do it because it's got you to where you are now. And, you know, who knows what happens in the future. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to the start, like, uh, of when you realized you weren't going to be touring. All right. And how did that make you feel? Like, do you remember that emotion? Like, hang on, it's just yeah. I'm going to cancel a gig and it's February, so it's cool. I'll get to do the festivals in the summer. Like, do you remember that moment? Yeah, I must say, like, in the beginning, it was just, like, thinking from week to week. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember, like, how in the beginning we were still, like, trying to plan with shows, like, end of April, beginning of May. It's like, yeah. oh, it's going to be open up again. And then, like, after six, seven weeks, you realize, okay, this will take some time, yeah. you know? And... Actually, for me, it was a process to move from that, like, waiting from week to week to, like, okay, we have to live with this right now, and we, we can't fight it. It's nothing I can do right now from here, from home. So um, I have to find a way to, to live, you know, to, to not be in the position sitting at home on a couch like an like angry tiger, and it's mm-hmm. like, I want to get out, I need to fight, I need to work. So um, that took me a bit of time, for sure. Uh, but after I 
I realized that this will take some time and I have other things to do and I have good things to do and to take, get, take care of, uh, it made it much easier for me. It's like for me, two, three years ago, when someone was like telling me a, a show is canceled, I was freaking out. Mm -hmm. I was seriously like uh, making 20 phone calls to all my agents and make, try to fill the date again. Uh, now, <laughs> which worried me in the beginning, but it shows me that I got way more relaxed, is that I'm, I have a canceled show. I mean, I was flying to Mykonos, landing in Mykonos this summer, and I got the message in the moment where I was at the airport, like, your show's canceled, we're closing down Mykonos. I was not even getting angry. I was fine. I was like, dude, what can you do? <laughs> it's yeah. like, go to the beach and get some sun, have a dinner, fly <laughs> home. I mean, there's, there's no reason to get angry and get pissed off. There's nothing no. you can change. And that's once I realized that and tried to change my mindset in that way, it made life easier. So, and I'm going to ask the same question to you guys as well. But So now fast forward to now. Like the, 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 the longest amount of break you've ever had in your life and that first event back how what did that feel like for you actually that was i think one of the craziest part i think it was a party i will never forget because i went to vietnam i was the first top 100 artist in vietnam after a year and a half i was the first one getting a visa and um, i was in quarantine for two weeks and i spent my birthday in quarantine and um, there was the second birthday in this pandemic and it was in quarantine in a hotel in vietnam Thank God, with my girl. And we had a good time at in quarantine. I like the first 10, 12 days were fine. The last two days were yeah. quite a pain in the ass. Uh, but I finished a lot of music. And then we got out first day in freedom after 14 days. After not, I didn't DJ for three months because it was between November and March. Everything was closed. That was the longest time I ever not been DJing. So I got out of quarantine. I didn't celebrate my birthday. And I had my first show. I got out on Saturday and Sunday they did a party. Uh, I was just 600 people, but it was oversold out with the fan meeting greet and everything. So I celebrated my birthday. It was after quarantine, after lockdown, and I had a beautiful party with a sold-out show. I was the happiest guy on earth. <laughs> it was the best party ever. Uh, they brought a cake to my DJ booth, and we had an amazing time. I got really drunk at the end of the night. It was just incredible. It was a beautiful, beautiful night. I will never forget it. Awesome. That's a strong memory to take. Yeah, definitely. I will never forget that. <laughs> I mean, what about you? Like... Um, Going back to that emotion at the very start, like, talk to us about that first. How did, how did you feel? What was like, oh, I'll manage, I'll be okay. It's just a month or so. Do you remember that time? I mean, I realized when it was like, okay, this is going down. It was like, because I actually had, um, I had Ultra. I'm going to play Miami Ultra. And I, like, I, had, and I had some New York. I had, I had a US tour overall. And I was like, that was one of my few milestones. I was like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to get my own solo. Um, US tour yeah. and when that one got cancelled I was like okay never mind but um, but yeah I, I, I don't I don't I kind of blacked it out I don't I, I don't really know no that's good I, yeah. I, you know if it's a horrible memory then you don't need yeah, to yeah I was like I'll just okay let's do the best you know I, I, I kind of just erased it and just thought of solutions you know so bring us right up to the current day then mm. when um that for the longest break whenever that first moment was how did that feel for you what was that emotion like going back for the first time as you mean on stage yeah i mean i did uh, it was me and reveal we were in denmark uh, now in august and like the show was amazing but it literally felt like five minutes really? yeah, yeah yeah like like i was up there uh, and i was just so excited i was rusty like so so rusty like because the thing is i don't have cd players at home mm -hmm. i don't have a mix board to play mm -hmm. around with at home 
So that it was literally one year and like yeah, eight months since I even I was aware to play, but I don't know what's going on, <laughs> you know. But um, so but were, yeah. you, were you nervous? Was it were you scared? No, or? no, I was not nervous. I was really, really excited mm -hmm. um, just to be able to do what you love to do. Uh, but yeah, it took five minutes and it was over. But it must have felt good. Yeah, of course. And yeah, so yeah, describe yeah. that emotion. That's why it took five minutes. It right. was just... Just flew by. Yeah, it just flew by. So like, did you prepare your set in a different way? Did you do anything different? Or did you just go like, look, this is what I do. This is who I am. This is how I do it. Well, yeah, I always try to prepare a little bit. You know, like I was trying to make it, make it a little bit special. But it also depends on where you're at, you know, uh, on the planet. But yeah, I, I, I pretty much probably planned a little bit more than... I would normally do right. because you know you have I like I I knew about the shows the, the show like so I don't know how many weeks before or months before but like yeah since I got I knew we were gonna do it I was like okay I'm gonna prepare now so like it was like almost over prepared maybe did I, it feel like the first time again no okay no no this not really but. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was also because it was a, a really dope show. So it was not like the first time because it was a festival. It right. was a big crowd. You know, it was, it, was, it was like I was very, I'm very grateful that it was like a festival show. Yeah. You know, because I, I, I got to experience like a, a big, massive vibe again. Great. You know. And it satisfied that like, yes, this yeah. is why I do it. Yeah. You know, like when those fire machines came on, you know, like you were like, ah. Pumped. You know? Yeah, really pumped. Tim, talk to us about the emotion of like, Again, going right back and then bringing us to the present day and that first, like, yeah, first kick. I, I think I can agree with Mick because um, I sort of blacked it out as well because I don't, I don't know for sure. I, I didn't realize it, uh, how I felt after my first gig again. Um, it was really. It's a strange. It, it's super strange because there were uh, so many thing, uh, so many things going on, of course, and. Um, I've been down, of course, and I, but I, I don't know when it was the realization that it couldn't, uh, that it, because at first I thought it was also looking from week to week and thinking, oh, this will take a week, oh, it will take a month, and after that, two months, and then it became a whole year, and then mm -hmm. still. But um, for me, it's actually two times that uh, I could back, go back to DJing again, because we had, uh, in Holland, we had one or two weeks that we could play again. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, and then it closed again. We course. were jealous. The <laughs> yeah. world was jealous when that happened. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 And that, it was so strange because I always played at, at pubs before the pandemic because uh, Tim Hawks wasn't that big yet. And uh, I still doing Tim Hawks shows, of course, but my, uh, my, my, my roots are in pubs. So I, I was playing the whole night again and it felt like I, I cried after that because there was so much emotion. Uh, there was one track and it was like, I don't know for sure, it was killing in the name of from uh, Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> I played that track and I saw everybody going insane. And I thought, yeah, okay, this is this is the moment what, what I've been waiting for again. This is something that I always love to do. And then after that closed, of course, and that was really painful. Uh, but like yesterday was my first real Tim Hawk show after one like one and a half year and it was like insane how many energy i for, i almost forgot how how much energy it gives me mm -hmm. like that and yeah it's i don't I, I i'm smiling still if i just think about it and if i'm looking at my i'm i, I think i watched over my story like, like 20 times or so so yeah um for me it's like two times and uh it, it's been great i think what i love and for anybody watching this is um 
you, you're proof that if you just do what you do to the best of your, of your ability, you'll get there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you never know what the future looks like, but if you just start, then you've got a chance, right? And it's time to celebrate because it, there's been a lot of announcements in these last few weeks, if you like. Um, so congratulations to all of you. I need to go to my fact checker just to make sure I get the right numbers. I mean, there's a lot of numbers here to listen to. So we've got um, Kay's uh, in the DJ Magazine Top 100 at 83. We've got Plastic Funk in the DJ Magazine Top 100 at number 80. And Tim, the, um, the 1001 Producers uh, list, congratulations to every single one of you. Thank you. Thank um, you. That's got to be, you know, out of where we've been, this is a great moment, right? This is like, yeah, thank you. This, how does that feel? Like, Mick, talk to us. Like, how does it feel for you? Uh, no, it was a dream for me. Like, uh, it was unreal to see my name pop up there, mm -hmm. especially during this time. You know, like, you know, as I said, no shows. I was so dependent on it. I had no budget, no nothing. Mm -hmm. And normally, I, I don't really promote it. But I was like, I'm going to try to go for it and just really try to... You know, let the fans speak, and I was really trying to push it that with with my fans. And like when I saw my name pop up, that was unreal. Yeah, unreal. yeah. It's still like as, as I said, I, I've I've been wanted to be associated with DJ Mag since I started producing. You know, so it's been a long ride. Um, so I'm very very honored to be on that list. Just just give us a time. How long? How, like in years? How many years? Oh, like at least twelve plus years. Yeah, you see, and, yeah. and it's taken with with the effort and now. 12 years it's taken but look at where you are and that's amazing man we're so, getting there we're awesome getting there. and it's again you could argue it's just the start well yeah 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 of course yeah. i have big big goals obviously like anyone else but this is a, a huge step at least i'm coming back to your goals in a minute all right so just remember that um rafael talk to us about the the dj magazine top 100 and what it means to you um actually you know, some people say it's just a number, but for me, I was touring in Asia so much before. I had a couple of residencies and I played a lot of shows in Asia and a lot of shows in China, especially. And um, we built up quite a big fan base. And um, it was interesting to see how important DJ Mag is. I mean, for me, it always was something mm -hmm. I dreamed of to be in. And then last year, during the pandemic, it happened for the first time. And I didn't expect it at all. Not at all. It's like... Uh, I just heard from our like agents and promoters like that received all this you know this um, messages where people tagged you uh, that they voted for you right. and I was like damn this is so much you know I mean it really looks good but I couldn't believe it uh, when I got the results I was like <laughs> it was like really I was speechless for a week mm -hmm. uh, it, it took me a while to realize this and um, yeah, but I had to celebrate it with like a couple of friends in Ibiza on a terrace, you know? <laughs> so I was like, okay, it's great. But, That's a crazy know, party in these know? days, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's like uh, to be in the top 100 was one of the reasons. Sure, they wanted to book Plastic Funk, but they wanted to have a top 100 artist in mm. Vietnam. So it brought me there already. Um, this year, I knew like everyone, everyone will promote like crazy to be in the list because everyone wants to be in a list to be touring next year yeah. around the world, especially in Asia. So I didn't know what, what to happen. Uh, small budget, uh, just fans and trying to, to spread the word that like, okay, if you want to support me, support me now. Mm -hmm. uh, so I didn't know what to expect. Uh, first, I got the news that I'm in. And uh, when I, that night I saw the, the number, I was, <laughs> it took me an hour. I, was, I, I left the venue for a little bit just to, to realize this, wow. just to get this. And, um, yeah, no, this number shows you the support of your fans, you know? So it means the world to me, 100%. I love that. Um, Tim, you're getting accolades. Um, talk to us. How does that make you feel? Yeah. Um, 
like last year I really wanted to be in the in the top 101 as well for the times one because I of course Digimac is a far step for now still because we really don't have the budget our mm -hmm. team and me but um, times one was something that I could uh, really have in my own hands because of um, I really focus on my DJ promo and really try to get as much support as I could and I I do feel that uh, like last year was a little bit too early that I got the hang of it out of it what we what I needed to do to get in there and now yeah this year finally um, yeah I'm just so happy because I, I couldn't imagine that I was uh, place 41 to be honest <laughs> yeah I, I my calculations were that I was around 55 even though I I hoped just my goal was to get in there just all was it like maybe it was 101 that was also fine for me so yeah 41 was like a major thing that i i couldn't even i thought he mis misspelled it or something <laughs> like that <laughs> so yeah there's a lot of chats about goals so even for uh, each of you on your individual journeys i want you to consider the most audacious goal that you know, I'm talking reach for the stars, land on the moon type stuff. Like what, what's left on the tick box list, if you like. But it needs to be audacious. Like what's the thing that you have yet to accomplish that you are on the way to doing? Um, and I would like to sort of delve into that if possible. Now, you've just spoken about goals, Tim. Yeah. Is there anything that's popping up in your mind about yeah. the audacious goal? What's your dream? What is it? Yeah, my, my, my biggest goal, and then I want to quit. That's really, that's really <laughs> my plan. All right, this is it. This yeah. is audacious, everyone. I'm going to... I want to do one world tour, one, and then I, I, I do think that you need to stop when it's all the best. Right. Yeah, and after that, it always get worse after that, so, sort of. I think, and I really think that, of course, I want to DJ still, but uh -huh. if I do this one world tour, then I, I think, okay. Your mission accomplished. Yeah. Okay. What, what if you drag it out like a long world tour? <laughs> yeah. <several> years. One continent, one year. Exactly. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but I, I really do think that I just want to, of course, it's something in mind. And maybe if I accomplish it, then maybe I don't quit. But still, I just, just, it's just one thing that I really want. That's the first target yeah. in the line of yeah. many. That's yeah. good. I like that. It's audacious. And that's exactly what I asked for. So which you, who's, who's ready to answer that question next? Who's got something? Well, since I was a child, okay. my number one goal, like doesn't matter if it has to do with DJing or my own brand or someone else, but like one day I'm going to have a Grammy on that show. So that is my, as, as, as a kid, I've said, I'm going to have that in my room one day. I love that. That's, that's then, exactly what yeah, we're talking about. If I produce for anyone else or write something, I'm, that, that doesn't matter, but I want, I want that trophy. Yes, yeah, you yeah. with that Grammy. Yeah. Excellent. Wow. I love that. That's awesome. You can't never fail. Tell us. I mean, I'm uh, like, actually, every release for me is a goal. Uh, I want to have this release played by as many people as possible. And mm -hmm. then this is, I mean, sure, it's good to make money with music, that's for sure. But uh, for me, that's the best to hear your song played by other respected artists or if you hear it played in the radio and people sing it out loud, you know? That gives me, that's a great feeling. It's just you, you invest so much time love and work into a into a track and if it really works out and people because you have to be lucky <laughs> you cannot plan a hit but if you have one of these hits everyone's playing everyone is singing it that's actually for me always the next goal and to reach out to one of these tracks which like really is played all over the world and all radios and everyone knows about it that will be the next one and then the next one <laughs> 
And I think when you get to these targets, you then reset these goals. Some people don't, but like, you know, you get your grammy like, well, I want another one. I've done a world tour, I want another one. I've had a hit, I want another, you know, that's how it works. Right? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's good. Yeah, true. Um, let me just go through a few quick fires then because we've, um, we're running out of time. It's gone nowhere, time hasn't. Um, let me just uh, ask, who should we know about that we don't know about? Like, what, who have you been listening to that's been really floating your boat these last 12, 18 months or whatever? Like, does somebody pop into your mind? It can be established. It could be someone we never heard of, but what's the one person that you want to kind of shine a light on? You've got an opportunity to shine a light on right now. I want to shine on you, Tim. I think you're doing oh, amazing you. stuff. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's really funny yeah. you say that. I just showed him where we were sitting here in my, you know, the DJ Mac, you just have this one track of the year. And now, I mean, <laughs> it's like celebrating your birthday. I put, I put his track on, you know? His track is my DJ Mac, like where he said, like the track of the year. That's uh, Tim Hawks. So, man, it's a, it's like an yeah. uh, upcoming. I'm a bit speechless right <laughs> it now. It wasn't yeah. scheduled. It wasn't. No, no. It's not rehearsed. Okay. I, I no, mean, no, no, no. <laughs> it's it's a good job yeah, for sure, man. I it's mean, Tim track. has done an amazing job this year. Um, also, Maddox, my good friend Maddox. I think he's doing a great job with his new style. Uh, I'm very impressed how he is very dedicated to it. Because yeah. uh, I mean, I, I've I've loved to explore. Um, different genres over over my like same same genre but different styles. I've done the rocky things. I've done stuff like that, you yeah. know. But but Maddox is really going for it, and I think that's really cool. How does it make you feel hearing these kind yeah. of like? Yeah, to be honest, I never expected this. So, but uh, yeah, it's been so strange for <laughs> this ADE is like the first time that I really have see what what I've been working on the whole time, and I'm really happy with those kind of works. Words to be honest, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit speechless, and I'm really. Thank you, guys. I'm really happy with that. You're more welcome, man. All yeah. right. Here's a silly question. Um, what's the one thing you've bought that you haven't really used over the last two years? You're like, I'm going to buy that. And I'm going to do it. What was it? Was it Fitbit or was it uh, like <laughs> this? You must because we've all been online and we've all been shopping. Definitely because we can't go to the shops. So what's the thing that you've bought? That you thought, oh, just what a waste of money. Oh. Where should I start? Well, I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have wasted so many golf balls and they're all in the, they're all in the ocean you know they're they're all wet yeah, yeah gone is that because you need to practice your strokes you were you aiming for the hole no no just yeah 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 yes pure fr frustrated <laughs> so golf balls what golf balls. any of the things that you've bought and you're like oh well, yeah i got a whole i mean i started with tennis and now i'm playing pedal tennis <laughs> and the thing is i got a whole like because during the pandemic i thought like oh man it's time to play tennis again as well you know because you were i played quite good so I got uh, the whole equipment, new tennis records, everything. And uh, the thing is, if you play pedal tennis and you go back to tennis, it is the worst game of your life. Okay, <laughs> I hit the balls like everywhere, but not on the court. Right. So that bag with the whole new equipment is in my trunk right now. <laughs> I've never used it for a year. <laughs> so that was actually a waste of money. We've gone full circle. We started with um, paddle tennis. Now we're coming <laughs> with paddle I like how you do this. I'd say, what's the one thing you bought that you kind of, you know. I bought a slow cooker. A no, slow cooker. I, I used it once. <laughs> Again, just for those that don't know what a slow cooker is, it's like it's literally as it sounds. Yeah, like, it's just a slow cooker. Yeah, it, it cooks really slow. How spiritual of you. Yeah. What was the one thing that you cooked? Uh, soup. Soup. Slow cooking soup. <laughs> yeah. The thing that takes five minutes to warm yeah, up. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So yeah, it sounds really relaxing. Actually. Yeah. It just it's makes so that. I, I had one as well. I just couldn't. And you cook it overnight, but you wake up to the smell of soup. I'm like, I really don't want soup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, and the final question, the quick fire questions are, um, we've spoken about lots of things, but what's the one thing you wanted to talk about that we haven't spoken about? 
like what you know did you want to mention a release did you want to mention something what's the one thing that you wanted to talk about that i haven't given you time to talk about well i just want to take a moment just again to thank all the fans out there all the reveal fans for Mm -hmm. you know supporting reveal during this time um you know we have our our super boss hardwell chilling right now and um and and the label is is care, care, being carried by other artists right now, you know, and that's something we fans and everybody has to appreciate. You know, it's it's a big thing actually, you know, to not have a, such a big name as as Hardwood himself releasing music on Reveal. And Reveal is doing so good, and the the fans are still there, and Reveal are, you know, showing all these great talents, you know, like it, I, I just want everybody to take a moment to be grateful. It, every, everyone from the artists to the people who work for Reveal to the fans, you know, it's, it is, it is different. You know, if you look at other labels run by other DJs there, you know, it's not the same mm-hmm. as here, you know, that, that just shows how, how powerful Reveal is, you know, which is amazing. I, I've said it, I'm relatively new to the Revealed family, being part from the inside outwards, and you don't realise how big the Revealed family is until you're in it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I, yeah I echo that, because everyone's been working and making amazing quality music and right. promoting it in a, in a really way. And Revealed Selected started during, right. uh, you know, Hardwell stopped and then we picked it up. So yeah, I, I echo that. Is there anything else that you can either say the same, you can say something different what you want to say? Yeah, I can totally agree, uh, because I'm quite new to the, to the Revealed family and um, a reveal for me always was like the number one label for big room music. And mm. um, to be a future house basis producer coming to Reveal, for me, the main reason was the team. Because the team who works here is young, it's fresh, it's creative. And I love that. I love the way, like, if you're sitting together, people putting out your music and you see, like, they're on fire, makes me feel good as an artist, you know? Because I know some labels take your music and just throw it at the wall and see if it works or not. You know, mm-hmm. for me, it's good to see. If you invest a lot of love and work into a track, I like to see the label doing the same with the track and the mar- marketing of the track. And the Revealed is just doing a great job. And on step two is, and you said it exactly right, I mean, the Revealed family is really giving you a warm welcome. It's giving you a chance. And uh, I think if you love what you do, they accept you. What, it doesn't matter from what kind of genre you come, you know? And I really like that. I see the Revealed fans coming to my shows. I saw them in Asia. I saw them already in Germany. And it's great to see that whole they bring a lot of kinds of music together in one, under one umbrella. Well, you've got Gemstone, you've got Radar, you've got Revealed itself as well. Yeah. And, you know, that's the that's what I love about it. It's it's if you don't like this, you'll like that. And if you, you know, if you love that, you probably love, love, love this. You know, and that's the great thing is that it's all it's all there. So, yeah. Tim, you you from within. Yeah. What, what have you got to say about it all? Yeah, to be honest, I, I, the only thing I got to say, I'm, I'm super happy to be here, of course, but for those young producers who are listening, it gets better if you just pay a lot of time to to get there and you set your goals and you, you have your clear thing in mind. It will happen, but you need to you just work hard and work smart. You need to work smart, not too hard, of course, but <laughs> um, yeah, and I do think that like this whole two years has been amazing for me because of what what the guys say. Yeah, the revealed for me is amazing. I, I don't... I never I, I've released on uh, some other labels as well, but I never experienced the love and appreciation about those fans as what what we have at Revealed, and I'm really looking forward to the future, to be honest. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's just the, the one thing that I want to say about it. Well, it's been 
it's been fun. It's been insightful. It's been educational, and we should do it again soon. Yeah, so, sure. Hundred um, percent. Let's do it on Revealed Selected. <laughs> yeah, <for sure. laughs> um, which is available on YouTube if you want to watch it. Um, everybody, thank you so much for sharing the stories, Tim. Right. Thanks for having us. For this. Yeah, and, um, thanks, Adam. You know what? I'm, I'm excited about what's going to happen. Uh, there's a lot of energy, I know. Um, and I've not put you on the spot because I know that we are about to hear and see everything unravel really fast. And I'm so excited about that. And I know the Rivet family are as well. So thanks for being open and sharing. And, and yeah, just thanks for being here, part of the family. If you've liked this, then there are other episodes as well. So go check those out. And follow us if you're not already. And um, yeah, show these guys some love. Make sure you follow them on their socials as well. Tim's really big on TikTok, your mom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you so much for watching. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Thanks, Adam. Nice work. Thank you. Right.